Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast, episode number 37, How to Destroy Your Professional Credibility in One Easy Step. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and my goal is to help you plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at bloggingbistro.com. Back in the day on Facebook, when I checked my Facebook news feed, it was fairly common to see selfies of people partying, stumbling around drunk. As social media gained traction, business owners and HR directors started making it a habit to check out the social media profiles of prospective employees. You know, they do a little bit of cyber snooping to see how the candidate conducted themselves during their off hours. A quick glance at a person's feed can reveal a lot about us. In the case of the person posting the drunk selfies, the employer would likely conclude, hmm, if this person doesn't care about sharing TMI, too much information, too much personal information online, I don't think I could trust them to protect the privacy of the information shared inside of our company. Or they might think, This drunk person is boasting about making a poor choice. How will that translate to their reliability in showing up sober to work every day, on time, and doing their job at 100%? Well, let's flip that selfie upside down and say that you're the boss of your company. You're the CEO. You post a picture or a video of you staggering around drunk And your prospective clients and customers see that in your newsfeed and they have a similar reaction. They're like, whoa, she has self-control issues. Or they think she doesn't know or maybe she doesn't care about what's appropriate to post online. And then they might say, if she acts like this away from work, what kind of a disaster can I expect her to be as a boss? You might be wondering, Laura, what does this have to do with me? I've never posted a drunk selfie and I never will. Ah, But some of you would, and you do. Your version of the drunk selfie is a political post. Last night I was scrolling through my Facebook feed, and I spotted yet another one of those memes. And a meme, M-E-M-E, a meme is a graphic with words on it that's intended for social sharing. So this is one of those memes that's been making the rounds on Facebook. I'm going to describe it to you. The meme was a two-sided chart, and it had bullet points on each side of the chart. At the top of the chart was a picture of two candidates who are running for office, and it was comparing the two candidates. The bullet points on both sides of the chart were riddled with inflammatory language. My summary of the bullet points is, my candidate is God, the other candidate is Satan. My Facebook friend who posted this meme tacked on a random Bible verse that was completely taken out of context, but it was apparently intended to convince any doubters that God was on the side of the candidate and of the person posting the meme, and that anybody who thought otherwise was going to burn in hell. Now, based on the hundreds of comments that this post received, it appears that a rather large number of people are going to be spending eternity in a fiery furnace. Political posts are the new drunk party selfie. People of all ages, all genders, all walks of life are thoughtlessly popping them into their personal Facebook feed. When I saw this political meme, it was posted by one of my Facebook friends who I actually know in real life, several thoughts swirled through my mind. My first reaction was disgust. This person calls themselves a writer? They didn't even bother to post an original thought. 
And this meme was one of those mass-produced, knee-jerk, emotionally-charged graphics intended to wound. The only thought that this person put into the post was adding a random Bible verse, which was apparently supposed to make the nonsensical meme crystal clear. It did not. In fact, the addition of the Bible verse had exactly the opposite effect on me and on most of the people who commented. My own knee-jerk reaction was to think, this person does not know the Bible well at all if they assume that God is going to vote for their candidate. My next reaction was to vow, I never want this person as a client in a million years. In the past, I have snoozed people who post this garbage for 30 days or I've unfollowed them. But last night I realized I'm done. I am fed up with this and I am not going to take it anymore. I unfriended this person and then I got on a roll and I unfriended about a third of my entire list of friends. I unfriended all the people who I rarely or never interact with. And I also unfriended all the people who've been posting all this political stuff. I realize that's an intense reaction based on one Facebook post, but it's actually not based on just that one post. This has been a long time coming. I joined Facebook back in 2007, and my policy for my personal profile has always been to friend only people I know in real life. So instead of having 5,000 friends, most of whom I've never even met and have no idea who they are, I friend only real friends and my extended family. And as such, I've limited my account to around 150 friends or so. A few people occasionally creep under the radar, probably during one of my weak moments when I feel in need of a connection with a person I've never met in person and I allow them to become my Facebook friend. Now, over the past year, I have been gradually unfollowing people and trying to wean myself away from the personal side of Facebook. Political posts have been driving me nuts for months, as you can probably hear from my voice. And the political meme that appeared in my feed last night was just the last straw. And you might be thinking at this point, well, Laura, I don't like your judgmental attitude about posting political content on Facebook. I have every right to post my opinion. Yes, I agree, you do. But I don't have to allow myself to be exposed to it. And if you feel offended by that, and you stop listening to my podcast, or you unsubscribe to my email list, or you unfollow me or defriend me on social media, or decide that you never want to be my client in a million years, I am fine with that. And here's why I'm fine with it. If you are not willing to entertain the notion that there are thoughtful people of faith whose political views may not be an exact match for yours, if you're willing to consign nearly 50% of the voting public to the fiery depths, that shows me you aren't teachable. I don't care whether your political views are far left, far right, or anywhere in between. I do care that you're open to listening to viewpoints other than your own. I do care that you're interested in thoughtfully discussing them, in trying to discover commonalities that you might have with people who think differently than you. In a word, I care that you are teachable. And what bothers me about political posts, similar to the example I gave, is that many of the people posting this content are writers who are working really hard to build their platform and to make a go of writing as a career. If that's you, here's my question for you. Why would you post content that you know is going to alienate half your Facebook friends 
is going to damage your in-person relationships and destroy your professional and personal credibility. And again, you might be responding, well, it's my personal Facebook feed, Laura. No one notices or cares. Yes, they do notice. And they do care. If you are pitching a book project to a literary agent or an acquisitions editor, what do you think is the first thing they're going to do after reviewing your query or your book proposal or listening to your in-person pitch? They're going to check out your website and your social media channels, both your professional pages and your personal accounts. Editors and agents are on high alert for the 2020 version of the drunk part of your selfie, which is the thoughtless political post. The words and the pictures and the videos that they see in your personal feed give them a lot of information on which to base their evaluation of the way that you will likely conduct yourself on the job. That is, if and when you are contracted to write a book that represents their publishing house. They are watching. They are watching closely to see how you conduct yourself online personally and professionally. I have three tips to share with you that help me to rein in my own tendencies to post reactionary political posts. I first provided these tips in episode number 23, which is titled Dealing with Rants, Ridicule, and Crushing Criticism, How to Avoid Getting a Reputation as an Alarmist Writer. Tip number one, you can't please everyone and you shouldn't try to. All of us are going to say and do things, whether intentionally or unintentionally, that cause others to decide that they don't want to hang out with us. They don't want to be our Facebook friend. They don't want to read our blog posts or watch our videos or listen to our podcasts or buy our books or become our clients. We enter the danger zone when we ignore the fact that every word and every image we post on social media has ramifications, not only for us personally, but for our brand. When we are so convicted about the rightness of our political views that we feel compelled to share them on social media, we do so with the awareness that we will very likely decimate our credibility. So before we post about our political views on social media, we need to do some soul searching we need to ask ourselves whether sharing our political views is so important to us that we are willing to give up everything for it. Tip number two, resist the urge to retaliate. When I saw that political post in my feed last night, the force was strong with me to break out my lightsaber and cut down this person. And I did retaliate in a passive aggressive sort of way by unfriending them. I try not always successfully, to abide by the 24-hour rule. I give myself at least 24 hours to work through my emotions privately so that if and when I respond, I feel more confident that I can be calm and rational rather than emotional and reactive. Tip number three, acknowledge and learn from opposing viewpoints. My first reaction upon seeing a political post is to jump straight to attacking someone's character or shaming them. That's a ridiculous statement. Quickly morphs into, they're just stupid. 
And when I catch myself saying, they are so stupid, I have to remind myself that this self-righteous, alarmist, reactionary thinking is the very thing that I am condemning in the person who irritated me. My behavior is not conducive to acknowledging their viewpoint. I regularly remind myself, Laura, you are not God. It's not your place to judge. You cannot read this person's heart. Stop calling them names and look for ways to engage in conversation. It starts with one person, doesn't it? One person who's willing to agree to disagree. One person who's willing to have an honest, thoughtful, even though difficult conversation, rather than a strident, I'm right and you're wrong pronouncement. So I'm vowing here publicly to be that one person, that person who tries, even though I fail often and miserably, who tries to listen, who tries to consider the ramifications before posting content that I know will be offensive and hurtful who tries to engage in conversation with people whose views I don't understand. Will you join me? If each listener to this podcast committed to trying to do these things within our individual spheres of influence, imagine the positive impact we could make. Thanks for joining me today for the Professional Writer Podcast. I hope you'll pop into the Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes over at bloggingbistro.com. And let's continue this conversation there. I look forward to talking with you again next week. Same time, same place.